Welcome back, everybody. I am having breakfast with the wonderful Mr. Ad Asner. I, as, as I'm saying this, it seems unreal to me, but yes, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me, Ed. I was just uh, thinking that between the two of us, we have seven Emmy Awards, so I, I feel very good about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, bon appetit to you. Uh, and as I was uh, remarking to you that- I'm not sharing this breakfast with anybody. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, take that, uh, I take that to heart. I appreciate that. I was having breakfast watching the Mary Tyler Moore Show, um, which was just uh, about an hour and a half ago. I, I came to the United States in 1989, so I did not watch the Mary Tyler Moore Show. I did not watch Lou Grant uh, show until I started doing my research on you. I've known you much later in your career. Uh, where I've seen you in ALF, and I've seen you in, you know, UP, and I've seen you in a bunch of places. And uh, I ran across a number of your quotes on acting. And on my Instagram page and on my Twitter, Facebook, I post quotes from uh, actors. So I posted a number of quotes from you, and that's when I said, I, I really like uh, uh, what Ed was saying. I need to invite him on. And once uh, you accept that, I started doing all the research, and I've watched biographies and uh, interviews that you have done. And I wanted naturally to watch the Mary Tyler Moore show. So I bought season one and I started watching it. Now I can't stop. I love it. It's, it's really, really, really good. I can't understand why you didn't watch it at the time. You were old enough. I, I was uh, uh, not quite. I was uh, five years away from being born when the show uh, started. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> What a what a jerk I am! No, talk no. about talk about flying in the face of reality. No, I listen. I I I appreciate it uh, nevertheless. And uh, if I had watched it at that time, it would have had to be with uh, with uh, Russian subtitles, uh, because I w I didn't learn how to speak English until you know 1989, essentially, when I came uh, to the United States. So, but, you by came, the way, you, wait a minute, you came in 89 from where? From Ukraine. Really? Mm -hmm. my, my mother's family came from Ukraine. Yeah, I, I saw that when I was doing research. And again, um, you know, from, from one Jewish boy to another um, who likes... Their, their village is called Anatevka, I think. Anatevka is very famous, uh, you know, because of Fiddler on the Roof. Well, then maybe I'm confusing it with the, the play. Um, it was 35 kilometers from Odessa. Okay, yeah. So, um, again, beautiful, uh, beautiful place. Ukraine is very pretty. Uh, the Odessa is, is wonderful. Um, yeah. When my dad was serving in the Navy there, he uh, remembered going to Odessa quite often and uh, he really liked it. So um, yeah, it's uh, your, your family came from a nice place and they did a good job of getting out at the right time. Well, compared to my, to my father, yeah. I would say my mother and her family were like gypsies compared to my father wow. who, came, who came from, um, uh, What's the next 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 to um, the province next next to Vilna? Um, 
I have to look that up. I'm not sure. Is it from a bigger city or mm. was he also from, uh, well, what uh, now, what country is, is he from? Uh, I can't recall him. The, the short-term memory just bugs the hell out of me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the things that, you know, we as actors either possess uh, and then once we don't use it for a short period of time, it, it goes away quickly. Well, I use it all the time. I was referring to it to the other day. I should remember it. Okay. Um, uh, I'll, it'll come later. No worries. Well, uh, we, we have plenty of time. So, um, yeah, and uh, again, my first thought, by the way, as I started watching the Mary Tyler Moore show, is I thought, oh my God, I did not realize that Loris Leachman is hot. That was my first thought. <laughs> because I saw... I've, I've, well, I'm, Go ahead. As we, get, we get to know each other, Mary. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a story about how hot she was. I, I was blown away. I, I couldn't, uh, again, Mary Tyler Moore is really cute and uh, she's wonderful in her role, but I was glued to Loris Leachman. Uh, I've, the first time I saw Loris Leachman was about 15 years ago in, uh, mm -hmm. in Adam Sandler's um, uh, uh, Spanglish, which she was wonderful in. And in what? In Spang Spanglish. Uh, Adam Sandler did a- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, it was. I loved the movie, and uh, she was there. That was my introduction to Loris Leachman. So I, you know, uh, to see her uh, in Mary Tyler Moore show was eye-opening for me. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, um, I was like under under her watchful eye from the beginning on the Mary Todd Moore show. Um, we like to kiss a lot. Okay. So one day, maybe, maybe it was in the first year of the show, out there kissing the hell out of each other. I'm talking about we were hot. And got so hot that realized that it, it the next act had to be quite sexual. Mm -hmm. And she said, because she always had a, a big campaign against smoking and against fat. And I, I put on a lot of pounds on that first year of the show. Mm -hmm. So she said, finally, she said, all right, you lose. 30 pounds and you can have me. I said, all right. I prodigiously set to work, worked hard, and finally reached the point of having lost 29 pounds. And it, I just couldn't move the needle that extra pound. So it's like we both accepted it and we both were relieved. 
that we didn't have to do the final act. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, life, life is interesting in that regard. So, um, um, yeah, I, I want to talk to you about, uh, about acting, which is what this show is about. Oh. oh, it's about acting, is it? Well, what, what is acting? Sometimes. Thank you. That's, that's one of the main questions I've been asking myself. What is acting? Uh, but one thing that I know about you is that from a very uh, early moment on, probably before it was, uh, it was the in thing to do, people were looking at you as a realistic actor, as uh, someone who was, even though you came from, uh, from stage, you are a realistic actor. Uh, I wanted to ask you how that started. Was it just that's how you approached the acting or it was a specific thing that you were going for? I've never been asked that question. It's never been phrased that way. Okay. And I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, There are so many gradations to realism. Right. One man's realism is another man's fantasy. And I guess I ended up studying. My main teacher in New York was Mira Rostova. Hmm. who uh, had a, a system called doings. Whatever you did, it was to influence the person you're talking to, hmm. or the air, if necessary. So to, to coerce them, to affect them, to get them to react in a certain way, to inform, to demonstrate, to convince all active verbs on another person. Mm -hmm. And I think I innately did that kind of acting from the get-go. That was behind the purpose of every statement I would make in acting. It was to influence, to convince, to sway, to, uh, uh, to question, to uh, get a response from the other person. Now that sounds like a very simple formula for acting, yeah. but if one were to do it, and I think I did it innately, I didn't do it consciously. Mm -hmm. uh, but if, uh, if one, um, I wonder where she is now. That was somebody else walking out. Oh. I wonder where she is now. Well, I wonder where she is now. Casting suspicion on where she might be. I, I wonder where she is now, worriedly, to project worry, 
I, I, I wonder where she is now to enjoy the fact of, of uh, supposing, of fantasizing what she's doing now. Uh, now we can go on and on. We can make up many, many excuses. Yeah. It's very interesting. And mm -hmm. when when you started, I know you uh, you did a lot of work on stage. Uh, um, then when you went uh, to Hollywood, you were getting a lot of the you know heavy parts, or uh, uh, you were the bad guy. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't in the leading uh, role variety. Did you get a chance to uh, to spread your wings from an acting perspective, or those were roles which were somewhat locked in? You know, you were moving the story along, and you didn't get a real chance to uh, to show your range or or feel good about it. I'm sorry. What was the question for? Yeah, I, I I was getting to that uh, in in the long winded way of asking. Uh, when you started out in Hollywood and you were playing the heavies and you were playing the smaller roles, did you character feel, part? Yeah, did you feel constricted as an actor in those, or you? Did I feel what? Constricted. Oh, no, no, I, I, I just, I couldn't eat enough. Hmm. To to uh, you couldn't give me enough acting. To satisfy me. So uh, if I got to really put on some acting, then uh, maybe my my uh, hunger pangs would be quenched. But uh, <clears throat> um, within that. I, I did the rehearsal, <clears throat> but uh, I uh, I only made it comedic as it happened. Mm -hmm. I didn't try for the comedy, so that when I came to audition for the Mary Tyler Moore show, mm -hmm. I had to be led along like a uh, a kindergartner for the first time. My my theory at the time was I'd always done comedy. I'd done it on stage, mm -hmm. but I was always haunted by the fact of how do I repeat it? How do I capture the laugh again? And I would examine it and re-examine it and examine it and re-examine it. And, and the second night, uh, I do what I thought was the same thing, and it wouldn't get a laugh. I'd do it again, and then maybe I'd fall off a chair, and I would get the laugh again. Yeah. Uh, so I I was afraid of comedy, and ran from it, and did it when I had to, because that was part of the job. Mm. But uh, did not have the uh, the guts to seek it avidly. Right, and I remember in in uh, biography that was done on you, uh, Alan uh, was talking about the <clears throat> the producer and creator of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. He was saying that when you came in, your first audition, you did it as a drama, you did it as a serious one, 
And they said that when you walked in, you were perfect for the role. And as you did the audition, it was the worst audition ever. And then you talked them into doing it again, and this time you did comedy, and they loved it. So yeah, it's, it's, I did it like a maniac. Yeah, and that's what they wanted. And that's wonderful. Unless it was Mary Tyler Moore who, who did not like that part. Uh, it, uh, unless it was he, Mary. A few years afterwards, yeah, I I, I found that when uh, when she was told that uh, I would be doing Lou, and she said. Are you sure? She had great doubts. Yeah. Well, they were. Uh, I, I think once you did the pilot, uh, those those doubts went away quickly because it was yeah. it was wonderful. Well, and, and each time we did it, and I and I learned the security of getting laughs, and that was it. The security of getting laughs. <clears throat> I became fortified and and empowered for the next laugh. Yeah. And which scene did you do during the audition? Was it the uh, the hiring scene? Yeah. It's yeah. a great, great scene. You've got spunk. Yeah. <laughs> I hate spunk. I love the 65. That that was my favorite part of that scene. The uh, the juxtaposition of the questions. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, that was fun. That was that, that was great. Um, she played it. She played it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. She was a she was a great comic actress. Yeah, uh, I I thought Ted was uh, was wonderful. Uh, Who? Ted. Ted. Yes, Ted Knight. Ted Knight. Yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, again. He I, was the funniest person I'd ever seen. Really? Oh, I, there was a time there. Once we were. In, in, in the midst of the show. Mm-hmm. And Gavin and I were walking by, and Ted was in a scene by himself uh, and others. So Ted said, oh, listen, um, watch this scene and, and tell me uh, what you think. Well, we didn't have to because we laughed our asses off and it was funny. Yeah. And he came back out and he said, now listen, I want you to see the scene again. I'm going to do it a different way. Mm. And I want you to tell me which way you like best. And we, Gavin and I looked at each other. We were lucky to get a scene right the first time in terms of laughs. Yeah. And here he's talking about doing it in an alternate way. So we watched it and we laughed again. It was still funny, different, very different, funny. And they said, we couldn't tell him what to, what to do. And he said, well, I'm going to try it the third way. And, and you tell me how you like that one. And he tried it a third way. And we, we were thunderstruck because he had gotten laughs in three different ways. On the same scene, so he then decided to uh, hunt and peck. He'd take a little from scene two from the second time or the third time and pepper it into the first time. But in the main, he did it the first way. Mm-hmm. So 
that's when I, I realized he's a master of comedy and, uh, and I'm a, a journeyman. Well, um, I, a lot of people would argue with that, but yes, the, the later part, not the, uh, not the first part. Um, yeah. comedy, comedy is different. It's, uh, I, I've heard comedy described as a symphony where you really have to understand all of the parts of it in order for it to work properly. And it's, it's an interesting way of looking at it. Well, what, I don't know. So what do you call a tragedy? You don't have to understand all the parts of it? That's, that's a true uh, point. I think what, the way that I understood that statement is that a comedy has a very specific flow that if you don't hit the right beats, it's not going to function uh, as a whole. With drama, it's a, some actors. I don't know if, uh, if I have enough experience of myself to, uh, to say that, but some actors say that drama is easier than comedy just because of the kind of structure in order to get that uh, reaction. Yeah, yeah. Um. Speaking of comedy, mm -hmm. I noticed in reading my paper yesterday that uh, we lost uh, David Lander. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was Squiggy. Who was it? Squiggy and... Yeah. Lenny. Huh? Lenny and Squiggy. Lenny and Squiggy. Mm -hmm. From Laverne and Shirley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a shame. He had to suffer so much. Do you remember, did you remember seeing him? In Laverne and Charlie, yes. I watched a little bit. Yeah. Of yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's been a tough year. <laughs> let's, uh, let's uh, put it that way. And then, um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to some of the, uh, some of your thoughts on, on this year and what's going on in a few minutes, but. Uh, My thoughts on this year? <laughs> Yeah, that's my thoughts. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Listen, it's fully again. Yeah, and it's not the fully like you know my my parents do from the old country, which is put put fu. This yeah, is the, yeah. it's a different kind of fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a blech. Yeah. Well, um, listen, the 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 year is ending with my family and I getting COVID. So right now I'm going through the COVID protocol. Uh, I canceled my shows the last couple of days, and I was really focused on making sure that I'm good for today so I can uh, talk to you. I'm fine. Uh, mm -hmm. I've noticed if I follow the protocol and take all the things that uh, we're supposed to, knock on wood, food, 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 it's, it's good. How many in your family? Uh, four, uh, me included. So uh, my wife, uh, myself, and our two kids. Uh, no, and... How big a family did you come over with? Uh, no, just uh, my parents and I. Yeah, I have an older brother, but uh, he went through Israel, and then he came to the United States uh, uh, I mean, 10 years later. So it was just uh, my parents and I. They were 52 years old when they immigrated. And mm -hmm. they, they did that so I don't have to go to Afghanistan. You know what? <clears throat> so I don't have to go to Afghanistan. Because I was 14, in a you know, in four years I would have been drafted. At that time, you know, all of the boys uh, were going to Afghanistan, and they didn't yeah. want that for me. 
So we were Jews, you know, discrimination, as I'm sure you know. And uh, it was, uh, they didn't want me to get killed in, uh, in, a, in a war. So they moved. I didn't want you to get killed. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I didn't so want you. you had a partisan you didn't know, know about. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, speaking of, of being Jewish, you grew up in an environment where you were really the only Jew around. And uh, you, I don't know. Uh, no, no, that, that was a. Okay. There was a, a substantial, we were certainly a minority. Okay. But, uh, and, and the, the heavier Jewish population was on the Missouri side of Kansas City. Mm -hmm. uh, we were on the Kansas side. Right. And uh, we were a very limited group in, in numbers. But we had our own uh, synagogue. Nice. And... Uh, Always, um, I always felt proud of the fact that I lived on the Union side of Kansas City, not the rebel side. A lot of good it did me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, they, because we were abutted Missouri, uh, we, uh, our schools were segregated mm -hmm. and um, we, we were dominated by the rigid uh, apartheid tactics of the South yeah. in Kansas City. Kansas City was also a, a uh, great liberator for jazz musicians. Mm -hmm. They'd come up from the South and Kansas City was their gateway to the North. And um, Kansas City jazz yeah. tended to uh, arise out of the uh, powerful number of musicians who passed through. Yeah. Um, did you feel from the from the acting perspective? Uh, I know. As you were coming up, you know, there was a part uh, where McCarthy was uh, was having his uh, say. Uh, did you feel that, you know, being uh, being a Jew was uh, was not helpful at any point or in Hollywood that wasn't really an issue? No, I, I, I felt it wasn't helpful. Okay. Um, but that I had to fight to the bitter end mm -hmm. to uh, preserve it and maintain it. Not that I bragged about it, mm. but uh, uh, also my father was a junkman. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, so that uh, there weren't a lot of things to crow about uh, in terms of uh, who we were and what we are. Yeah. I, uh, uh, so I was always a, uh, uh, we, we moved to a, a white bread area of uh, Kansas, of Kansas City. And uh, uh, a sprinkling of Jews uh, occurred in this area. Uh, and uh, the 
the older boys in the neighborhood, knowing what the answer was, would ask me, what does your dad do? What does your father do? And I reported it to my older brother and sister, who were home at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, my brother suggested, because he had already been through it. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, just say you, you, your dad's in uh, the used materials business. <coughs> so I'd say, and, and so the, I'd say that to the non-Jewish creatures. Mm -hmm. And they'd say, well, what is, what is, uh, what is that like? Or what, is, what kind of business is that? Used, used materials. Is, is that like a junk man? Yeah, not nice. Um, my my parents uh, went to my brothers. My I have a thirteen year older uh, brother, so uh, my parents went to one of the school. I think he was in middle school. One of the school meetings with the teachers and all of the kids, all of the parents had to sit at their kid's desk, and my dad sits down at my brother's desk. And on it, with a knife, was carved out, go home, Jew. No kidding. Right. So my dad had a conversation with, uh, with the teacher. And the teacher suggested that my brother is getting picked on because of the Jewish last name. You know, can my parents just change the last name? So my parents, uh, there you couldn't change your last name. So they had to get divorced and then remarried. So my dad went on my mother's last name, which was a Jewish family with a Ukrainian last name. So my brother was born with one last name, went to another. I was born with another last name and then went to uh, the first. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, it's those stories. Uh, my own, you know, I was, I was a kid. I just knew that the same kids that I was hanging out with, which, I think in my class there were no Jews. Uh, I just remember them calling me a Jew and I didn't know what it meant because we did not have a synagogue. We were not religious. And I, I was running home crying to my parents saying, they're calling me this thing. What does it mean? I don't want to be it. And my parents explained, and that was my introduction to uh, you know being Jewish. So yeah. Who is it? Who is it? Oh. <clears throat> your daughter's here? Or are you? Yeah. My daughter just came home. That's wonderful. How is everybody? Are are you all isolating in the same <laughs> in the same place? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're feeding off each other. Mm -hmm. It's uh I'm I, I'm eating the crust from that one and they're eating the crust from another one. Yeah. It's uh it's, uh, I, I keep thinking of who, who wrote Journal of the Plague Year? Uh, what Englishman wrote it about a particular plague? Yeah. That, uh, probably, possibly the bubonic plague, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, this will certainly be, uh, there will certainly be journals of the plague year from, uh, from this year. Yeah.
And from from your household, or uh, you know, just in general? No, 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 not from my house. Uh, we are just living it, yeah. living the life. No, as listen, as long as as long you're safe, uh, that's that's all that matters. And you wrote a book, which uh, which I just ordered, so I haven't had a chance to read yet. But when I'm not paying for it. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I I, missed... I said I'm not paying for it. No, no, no need. I paid for it. Uh, yeah. Just, just like oh, I paid. Don't kill me. Yeah. Just like the gardeners are showing up, and we're hearing nothing. You hear them? It's a, it's a tiny bit. It's not a big deal. Wait, wait. I can close the window. We'll, we'll get rid of them. Or try, try to get rid of them. Or we can all always sell them. Forget about it. There. Yeah, you can tell them that the person that you're talking to has COVID. I think they'll run. He's what? You can always tell them that the person that you're speaking to right now has COVID. I think they'll just run. <laughs> um, so You're in Chicago? Yes, sir. I, I know you've spent some time in Chicago. How much uh, did you enjoy my city? It's my favorite city. Really? Why so? Because you've been in New York, you've been to LA. No, New York was New York was always the enemy. <clears throat> Chicago's what made me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I worked as a working man in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I started as an actor in Chicago. And the uh, the, the two influences played a big part in who I am. Hmm. What were the two influences? Belarus. Belarus. Belarus was my father's province. Got it. On the border of, uh, of Lithuania. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vilnius is uh, Lithuania. Eh? Vilnius, I think you mentioned Vilnius before. So uh, that's Lithuania. Yeah. So Belarus and Ukraine. Yep. My... I think all of all of my, you know, extended family, everybody's now, Ukraine. Uh, Alan, I'm afraid the noise is uh, going to be. It's a problem. Difficult for this deaf man. But go ahead, try it again. Uh, I was saying that. Uh, so your family is Belarus and Ukraine. Mine is only Ukraine. Yes, it's the half breed in me that gives me give me the fascination of the performer. I thought so. So I can hip hop into both camps, the Litvak and the Belarus camp. Yeah. So um, this show again, the the love of acting. Where does your love of acting come from? Well, try it again. Uh, where does your love of acting come from? Being a Jew, I guess. <laughs> I, um, uh, it, it certainly, compared to the tight acids, of most of the 
the non-Jews I was surrounded with, emotion came easy. Cry, Gavalt! Yeah. Cry, cry, cry. Tears and laughter and and no no binding. No, I'm. We, we weren't the only minority that. Uh, were liberated, so to speak, in terms of emotions, mm -hmm. but uh, we just carried it to d different heights than the non-Jew did. Interesting. And that helps. That's yeah. why so many, so many uh, early comedians, even now, comedians now, mm -hmm. uh, were Jews. They, uh, they could, uh, scrape up the the last particle in the barrel yeah uh speaking of jewish uh, comedians and actors did uh did you know uh mel brooks or uh you know any of you know mel I, Carl, any of those wait 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 okay try it now I was saying, speaking of the Jewish uh, actors and comedians that you may have come across, did you spend any time with Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, you know, any of that uh, group? I never seen them before then. I mean, Eddie Cantor. Eddie Cantor was, was God. Yeah. Uh, George Jessel was around and, uh, uh, and uh, further on came, uh, came, um, Oh God! How I hate myself. Um, Carl, Carl Runner and and Sid Caesar, uh, and uh, uh, I'm thinking of who were the leading. Well, George George Burns and Gracie Allen, that's a two prominent Jews. Yeah, Milton Berle. I I didn't know Mer Milton Berle as a youngster. Mm -hmm. Certainly came to know him later. <clears throat> there were many. I got it. And um, who out of, uh, I know you've mentioned that uh, Ted was the funniest man that uh, you've ever worked with. Um, who was the, from a pure acting perspective, who was the best actor that you ever got a chance to work with? That didn't matter. Uh, I would say that why I'm an actor, Probably because of all the character actors I became exposed to growing up, uh, watching the, the 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 Percy Kilbrides, the the George Bancrofts, uh, the unbelievable stock of character actors that populated in Hollywood in those days. Uh, C. Aubrey Smith, uh, Basil Rathbone, Nigel uh, Patrick, uh, endless roles of great actors, and uh, most of them character actors. So that's what you aspired to be? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. They, they just influenced me. I never thought about acting as a kid. I got you. It just happened. Yeah.
uh, and thank God it did. Uh, you, you have 763 uh, IMDb credits. <laughs> That's more than anybody that I've had on the show, just, uh, just so you know. I think uh, I, I like to play the numbers game in, uh, in uh, talking about it. Yeah. It, uh, and now I'm buttering my toast. I see. I had my eggs and uh, they were good. Now I'm buttering my toast and uh, I trust that You'll join me. Uh, would you like some? Yes, please. Thank you. Well, you can't have anybody. You like toast? I hate toast. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're funny. Thank you. I, I, I like to think so. Uh, my wife disagrees with me. You know what? What? Uh, how long have you been doing this job? Uh, uh, this particular one for seven months. It'll be seven months in, uh, in about a week and a half. And what, uh, what's the name of the show? The Love of Acting. I see, I see. Oh, how many, how many interviews have you done like this? You are an interview 130. No kidding. No. Have you learned any secrets? Uh, yes, yes. I've learned that there is no linear path in acting at all. That what? There is no linear. Uh, there is no linear path in acting at all. <laughs> I've learned that. Um, well, I think the biggest thing that I hear from everybody in terms of being an actor is, "Don't be a dick." Don't be a what? Don't be a dick. That's that's I think seems to be the uh, the main uh, line going through everybody's experience. Of if you're nice, if you're a professional, then things eventually work out if you stick with it long enough and you have talent. Mm -hmm. So then we get to the part that I truly admire about you, not just as an actor, but <clears throat> you, because of you speaking out, because of you caring about people, because of you not wanting to stay silent, you closed some doors for yourself at the height of your career and the height of your successes. Um, I admire that. I, I am of the same persuasion. I just lost you know, uh, this is not my full-time job because it doesn't pay yet. So I do uh, IT uh, consulting, computer programming. And I was interviewing in the last two weeks for two roles, both of which pay a lot of money. And I lost both of them because I told them that I'm doing this show. So I can admire and respect a person who is truthful and uh, people want everything to be in a nice little bubble where they're comfortable as long as you don't speak out. So I admire a great 
deal of what you were doing in your career because there is a career and then there is your own truth and you speaking out your own truth whether it hurt your career uh you were okay with that i i admire that a lot would you would you mind telling me what what shots you missed uh so the uh two uh two it related jobs uh i aced the interview so if we look at them as auditions the casting director was giving me uh ready to give me a hug and then i told them hey just so you know you know during lunch i'm gonna be doing the show and they put the stop to it they said nope you know we want you to be doing your job so you know what I'm, i need to be honest and truthful and i'm okay with the consequences so as the more i learned about you the more i saw that it was not easy for you to be that way and the admiration and the fame that you had suffered because you spoke up well i certainly admire that about you thank you i didn't know it before i know it now yes it's an admirable thing that um your producer should push you and talk us yeah they should given the fact that i'm on my own producer that would be difficult but i'll start doing yoga and see what i can manage mm. Yeah, it's um why is it? And again, you've uh, you've had a lot more experience in this, but why is it that people usually have their blinders on and they only want to see you in one particular light and as soon as you step out of that, they get really uncomfortable. Why is that? Well, things get shot down so easily in our business. Yeah. A wayward word or line or sentence. Yeah. Can do it. So I guess there are, it's protectionism. As any manufacturer will tell you. Yeah. Clean, clean out the um, the ginks. Clean, clean, clean up the uh, mistakes. Yeah. Present a straight arrow. Yeah, but they don't want a straight arrow because a straight arrow will tell them like it is. They, yeah. Yeah. They want somebody to shut up and do your job and. Yeah. Yeah. Unquestioning. Yeah. They they want the unquestioning, which is what did your father do when he came to the country? So there he was a mechanical engineer. He was well known. He had like twenty seven patents uh, <clears throat> to his name, and he came here, and he was washing dishes and cutting bread while getting his uh, education. You know, I'm the goddamn. I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah, go ahead. The, the. He was a mechanical engineer. 
Yeah. He was well known. He had 27 patents to his name. <laughs> and when he came, he was overnight washing dishes and cutting bread uh, while he was getting his education so he can start working again. Did you, did you hear that part? So he was a developed adult. Yes, he was 52 years old and um, I have a lot of admiration for uh, what he had to go through. Six months today. Oh, you? Happier. Today. My daughter just conveyed to me that this is her six month anniversary of giving up smoking. Congratulations. That's, that's very, very important. I'll give her those. Yeah. My. And let me tell you. Mm -hmm. She was hooked. Yeah. How long did she smoke? Most of my life. All of her life. Yeah. Well, my dad, uh, we were talking about my dad. He smoked since he was 13 or, or 12. And he smoked until he was uh, 38. And the doctors told him, well, you can either quit smoking or at some point we'll take off your leg because you're gonna have thrombosis and uh, you need to make that choice. So he quit cold turkey uh, and he hasn't smoked since. To this day, uh, when I talked to him, he said occasionally he dreams about smoking. But since that time, he's never picked up a cigarette. And it's, uh, it, it's very difficult. I, I've never smoked, so I don't know how hard it is. I can just judge based on the people that I talk to. But I know that, you know, six months of not doing it, congratulations. So I keep with it. It's, uh, it's a big accomplishment. Well, I have to tell you, even now, mm -hmm. in terms of me, I go through a crisis or I go through a tense moment. <clears throat> I get over it. Mm -hmm. Nothing I would like to do more. Nice. Nothing I would like to do more than go out and and that first puff, yep. take it, Always. blow it out, and you're blowing out all the evils. Yeah. And then you think of Cloris Leachman and you say, nope, I'm not going to do it. She never smoked. Right, but she didn't like smokers. So, you know. She what? But you said she didn't like smokers. So I, yeah, yeah you know, using, using that, it didn't work. Okay. She became a pain in the ass in her campaign against smoking. Okay. Um, speaking of the campaigns and a lot of the... All good? What? I was saying, speaking of your activism uh, and the campaigns that you were involved with, 
you were always ready to lend a hand. <clears throat> Is there one particular cause that you felt most passionate about? I thought the um, it branded me as a communist. Yeah. But the uh, efforts I made on Central America were important. Yeah. They woke a certain number of people up who hadn't cared or thought slightest about Central America. Um, I, I was proud of what we achieved there. Um, right now, my big cause celebre is uh, <coughs> suing the Screen Actors Guild for its uh, I'm, I'm part of the suit, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, for dropping the veteran members of the union mm -hmm. in terms of health benefits. Mm -hmm. It's criminal. Yeah, it's. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm on a 9 11 committee yeah. of lawyers, primarily who questioned the accounts of what happened on 9-11. Yeah. I hope at some point we're going to know what happened. Usually, um, living in two countries like the former Soviet Union and United States, you learn very quickly that there's only certain amount of truth. Okay. <laughs> I've interviewed you. It's for you. Thank you. This is Alan. I'm my host. That's Alan, my host. Oh, I'm sorry. My son, Matthew. Done. Hi, Matt. I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah. Forgive me, everyone. No worries, Alan. Listen, it, it adds to the ambience. What did you say? <clears throat> um, I was, uh, what was I saying? I was saying that living in the former Soviet Union and now in the United States, one learns very quickly that there is only a certain amount of truth that ever comes out of what happened anytime. So, you know, thankfully here, you have more people like you who are trying to get that truth out. Yeah, but we're, uh, we're, we're, we're much more, Oh, God. That goddamn blower. He's going he's gonna <coughs> to set up a camp outside my door. Um, in our country, the, uh, the means are, are much more subtle and hidden as opposed to uh, if we were in the Soviet Union where authority creates uh, a heavy fist. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's, a, it's more difficult to fight the hypocrisy here. Uh, in, uh, in the Soviet Union, you either fight it and get jailed. That's, that's our pet little bulldog barking away there. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll get over it. Dudley! Shut up. People are going to recognize that as a uh, as your voice in uh, up. He's my worst audience. <laughs> you have much better audience than he is. Thank you. Um, and eventually, uh, the gardener will die, and we can go on. <laughs> if only it was that simple. Can you hang around until he dies? I think so. I think so. As as long as I continue with my COVID protocol, I should be good. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know. The, the last couple of days certainly brought some uh, some times where I began to wonder. Well, it's it's amazing how <clears throat> you look at cast pictures, mm -hmm. be it of Lou Grant where half the cast has died, or Mary Tyler Moore, yeah. where the ladies are the long-lived ones. Yeah. Uh, Loris, Betty White. Mm -hmm. um, we, 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 we lose some of the young ones, yeah. like uh, Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, who played Georgette. Uh, Mary, Ted, yeah. the stars of the show. Ted went really early. I think he was 60, 63 or so. Is that all he was? I think so. I didn't know. He, uh, he passed away very early. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know Ted, again, not for Mary Tyler Moore because I didn't see him there. I saw him on Caddyshack, so that was my introduction to Ted. But yeah, I, I thought he was amazing, so I was very happy to now see his yeah. work. Yeah. Well, he, he used all the tricks he had piled up on Mary Tyler Moore. I, I saw that. I still use from, the, uh, from Caddyshack, I collect sayings and phrases and I use them in, in, in life. So uh, from Caddyshack, one of uh, Ted's sayings, you'll get nothing and like it. So that's, that's the one that I keep on using. Uh, yeah. I, I've done that for, I don't know how many years now. So um, in terms of acting, uh, is there anything that you've found from your long career where you can pinpoint and say, when I did this, it worked really well? When I did this, what? It worked really well in terms of my career, in terms of my performance. I, I really can't nail anything down. And that's, that's comedy. I, yeah. It wasn't comedy, but... Uh, when I when I did Rich Man Poor Man, 
Mm -hmm. We played Axel Jordash. I was so fervently desperate to make that character breathe fire and live. Mm -hmm. It was very important to me. And I think, well, first of all, I felt I was wrongly cast in it. I read the book and I identified very strongly with Axel. And I, I thought Philip Dorn would be a perfect Axel Jordache. But Harve Bennett, God bless him, was the executive producer. And he wanted me. And I thank God for Harve Bennett. I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's still with us or not. But I went. If he went, I hope it was peacefully. And if he didn't, I hope he does go peacefully. So, what um, when you break down any role, <clears throat> what is the approach that you use that works really well for you? I look for the kinks and quirks. Mm -hmm. I look what, is he a wise guy? Is he a peasant with the cunning of a fox? Hmm. Uh, I look for the individual traits. Uh, I really don't know what I look for. Yeah. I read it mm -hmm. and then say, ah, or meh. Um, is there, I know that uh, you're an avid reader. So is there a particular quote that uh, stayed with you that you keep applying to your life? No. Okay. No. I, uh, I've done so many characters and roles that they trip over each other. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I start out normally and play my, my normal self. Mm -hmm. And then as I'm going along, I then see where, where the writer wants to take me. Yeah, that makes sense. I put out my thumb for the ride. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about TV is that you get a chance to really get into the character. I talk to actors all the time when they say, in the show, it really took me about four episodes to understand and to find my way into the character fully. Yeah. 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 Do you find that that's the case as well, or? It's true. It's all true. Mm -hmm. um, or, unfortunately, there are times when uh, when the reverse can happen. Yeah. 
where you can come on spanking brand new and lots of pizzazz. And, and by show two, you fizzle out. Hmm. They, uh, they're not inspired to write for you. Uh, it happened to me with a, a show of, I was on, it was a bridge kind of in my career. It's called Slattery's People. Okay. And <clears throat> um, I, uh, I was the press spokesman for a politician, Richard Crenna, who played Slattery. Mm -hmm. And as, <coughs> excuse me. I'm glad I didn't get the toast. What? I'm glad I didn't get your toast. <laughs> the, uh, um, We did a number of shows in the beginning, and and um, I, I I read it on. It was a many many little person that mm -hmm. so weighed in the balance and found wanting. Uh, I found that there was a a. Uh, a very strong uh, anti-authoritarian resolution to the man. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, would fight against authorized opinion. The problem was, I was the conscience of the show. The yeah. problem was, unfortunately, that the conscience of the show was slattery. So that they couldn't have me doing his job while he needed to do it. Yeah. And that went on for a while. And finally, I, I realized this is during the first 13, mm -hmm. that there's no room for me here. And I went out of the show. And they came back and they said, well, we'll, we'll let you out of the show. Uh, as long as you agree to come back and do the show we have planned for the same money, which was Bubka's. Uh, and I said, fine. So the, the show was where as the conscience of the show, I was placed in jail mm -hmm. because uh, I wouldn't name names and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, it was the best show I could do in that area, but it, meant jailing me and it meant trying trying my uh my uh, goodwill yeah
uh, it would never happen again. So I did the show and collected the poor money mm -hmm. and went on my way and was freed. Mm -hmm. And um, it worked out well. And speaking of jail, uh, because of your activism, <clears throat> you, Marty Sheen, who is uh, from my favorite uh, show ever, The West Wing, uh, both got arrested uh, quite a few times. Um, did you ever count how many times uh, you got arrested? No, I never counted. Uh, it was they're like show trials. Yeah. They don't mean much. Yep. Um, I spent a night or two in jail, I guess. I, I, I can't remember. Yep. But uh, the cause was worth it. Yeah. That's good. Uh, any regrets uh, throughout your whole career? I didn't save enough money. Yeah. Um, for instance, I had a very good deal with Lou Grant, mm -hmm. which is the series that was canceled because of yeah. my political activity. Yep. Uh, and I, I think it was a, an escalated pay. So it was on for five years. So I think in the fifth year, I really got into the big money for the time. Yep. And of course, that's the year that we got canceled. Yep. So I didn't have time to put a sock away any of the money that came out of that show. Um, and uh, it's the only show that ever paid off that way. Um, maybe next time. Maybe. I hope so. Um, in terms of uh, the voiceover work, when did that start for you? Because again, I, I've heard you in many uh, places, but when did that start? Well, the, the amazing thing is that in my, in, in my group, Mm -hmm. that I started acting with. <clears throat> Two ladies were the giants of the group, Zora Lampert and Elaine May. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believed in my voice so much at the time that I would lead with my voice on whatever character I played. And the ladies would poo-poo my emphasis on voice. Yeah. So I began to wean myself away from making the voice sound like Barrymore. And it helped. It helped. It created the variety in me. Um, And yet now, 50, 60 years later, yeah. I still have the voice mm -hmm. and I still want to lead forward with it. Yeah. Because uh, 
my body's racked with pain and uh, there ain't no place to go with my body. So my voice will take me to where you need to go. Just trust me and my voice. And they have. And I was wondering, kind of again, going throughout your career, when Lou Grant uh, got canceled and- Oh, I, I, I didn't tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, so being a liberal, the, there were many uh, voiceover opportunities, but I never took advantage of them. <laughs> I never did commercials or anything like that. Right. And Ted Turner started Captain Planet. Mm -hmm. Being a liberal as he was, and they cast it with a liberal bent, they decided to make me hoggish greedily. And it led me to inventiveness and caricature. Mm -hmm. And um, was my opening and my, um, my ability mm -hmm. to uh, do voiceovers and led to other cartoons. And it's funny, many of the cartoons were led by the fact I was a liberal. Really? Uh, liberal first, voice second. Well, then I shall have a really long and prosperous career. Uh, it's, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I know. So are there any secrets uh, to your longevity and uh, acting uh, success? Persevere, mm -hmm. always persevere. But whatever you do in life, persevere. Yeah. And people will drop off all the time because they're not persevering. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Those who stick it and those who don't. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, and maybe, maybe I found things too easy that uh, I should have ended up owning a studio. Mm -hmm. That way you find out whether you did the right thing or not. Last uh, few questions for you. Um, and by the way, we don't hear that noise anymore. So did, uh, did he die or they just went away? <laughs> I think he's collecting his check. I get you. All right. Well, either way, we're, we're happy. Yeah. Um, how do you want to be remembered? Good actor. Yeah. Could have been better. I like that. Uh, another way of putting it was he didn't take enough chances hmm. because he was too busy protecting his hoard. Interesting. And if you had to give one piece of advice to your young self as you were starting out and acting from your current vantage point, what would that be? Persevere again. Okay. 
Um, and save money. And those those who strike the deepest chords mm -hmm. are those who don't follow the herd. Yeah. Well, you certainly were the one uh, like that, and you still are. And um... could I could have been more individual. It's life, right? We 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 strive and we continue growing. Exactly, Mr. Asner. It's uh, it's been a pleasure having breakfast with you. I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with me and sharing. And I wish you food, 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 um, a lot of health and uh, continued productivity so we can hear your voice uh, over and over again for many years to come. You got me. Perfect. Thank you, sir. And thank you. Thanks to everybody for tuning in and to another episode. Long a long life. Yes, a long life to build. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in into another episode of The Love of Acting. This is why I started the show, so I can have these types of conversations. Thank you.